Welcome to the DAS Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, SEL Consultant and Dean of Students. Here on the DAS, relationships and communication come first. That's why every week our goal is to provide social-emotional learning solutions for your school community. You can learn more about me and the DASH podcast at TreyGammons.com, where you'll find our middle and high school SEO workbook, Every Decision Counts, more about the DASH podcast, and my story through education. And if you are in need of accessible, autonomous, continued education, check out our adult SEO platform, SELeducators.com the only platform dedicated to adult social-emotional learning activities. Lastly, we want to give a big thanks to the Teach Better Podcast Network for putting together a collection of podcasts dedicated to supporting the entire school ecosystem through in-depth conversations that you care about. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is The Dash. Welcome back, and thanks again for joining us here on the Dash Podcast. I've got Tabitha Wesley, someone that I thought was just really pretty cool when I saw you on Instagram, Value Adds Value Podcast. You know, just just very energetic, full of life. I, I think I've seen you teaching some different math lessons here and there, um, but just, you know, felt inspired by some of the things that, that you're doing and some of the things that um, I see from you. So you are instructional professional training, um, and, and, and you are... In a new role now, you're formerly a teacher of 12 years in a new role, um, and so it's, it's all new, and that's that's perfect timing. So welcome to the Dash, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So so what's it been like? You, you're in a new role, same school, but new role after you've had a trial period as a teacher of virtual learning, but now you're in a more of an administrative type coaching role now training role now what's that transition been like for you it's been a tough one i am really passionate about being in the classroom and love working with the kids directly and so getting out of the classroom was really hard but this opportunity popped up really fast uh, the day before classes started and so kind of fell right into place for me and my transition my career and so um, but it's been good because technology is kind of my thing and mm-hmm. using it with my kids well um, is a strength of mine. And so being able to help people through this virtual and hybrid learning and teaching has been a great way to, I guess, show people my worth and that I can help you and I um, can bring something to the table. So it's mm. been, been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I could, I can see that for sure. What, what do you feel like has been? What have you learned the most? What have, what what have, what do you realize right now, a quarter into this new year, the new role? You know, what what things have shaped your perspective up to this point in leading through a pandemic? I guess, honestly, my opinion has even changed in the last week or so. Um, it's really trying my best to highlight the strengths of the people that surround me. Mm. And as a teacher, you're in control of so much and you have this room and you can basically dictate what happens in this room. And the people that lead you and help you, you learn the most when they allow you to, and they are allow you to do that and honor your role as the mm. teacher. And so 
I'm trying really hard to find the strengths of my teachers and help them where they need support, but honestly, be there for them, right? Mm-hmm. And lead them through this struggle that's gonna, we're all feeling and, yeah. um, and finding what they need at all times and being their go-to person for support, so. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a really cool perspective. And I know, you know, we had a, a trial uh, interview before where I didn't record, and you mentioned how what administrators can do for teachers is respect teachers and not bring a coke or cook a breakfast or you know do these nice things, but really respect me in my profession. What what what's that mean? What does that mean? for you as a teacher, um, for that and to, you know, really allow them to express themselves instead of, yeah, all the other stuff. Yeah, I think it just means that when you think about what teachers really need, they just need people to honor them and respect them. They know what's best for kids and we can all use a little direction here and there, but right now there's so much grace and patience offered to kids and families, but sometimes that is lost on our teachers. And so Mm. teachers need to know that you, you are doing everything you can, you know, you are working hard and um, when the support is needed, we will be there. Admin will be there. Coaches will be there to support you. And so it's just a time where people need to know that you have their back. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So you know, you you've been you've taught in your resume. You've taught in several different places in in Texas and Georgia, um, and all all kinds of places for several years. What's that? What? How did that shape your perspective? With so long as a teacher, you know, what is, what does that mean for you? Or like, what as a teacher, how how does teaching change, given the the children that you're teaching? I think I have grown as an educator. Um, changing districts just because I think I've gotten better, but it's only because of my kids, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've just learned from different kinds of kids, different learning styles and different things that make them tick. And um, when it comes down to it, I have walked the walk for years in all different kinds of districts, but the kids are kids no matter what. And um, I think that once you realize that that's, it's all for them, right? Mm -hmm. You are there for them. That doesn't really matter if you're in a new district with new principles Mm. or new standards that when you're there 100% for those kids that sit in your room, it doesn't matter state to state, school to school. It's that those 25 or 30 kids right in front of you, that's who you're there for. Yeah. That, that makes, that makes a difference. You know, that's a different kind of um, belief. You know, you're, you're serving the people that they're coming to you to be, you know, for you to serve them. And that that's an attitude of uh, servitude. Is there, wherever you went, whenever you changed, is there, were there foundational components of what your classroom looked like, a set of rules, a certain curriculum, different relationship building tools you did? Um, I can say I have had one classroom rule for years, and uh, it is, I, re- I respect you, you respect me, and that's basically guided me probably the last decade, uh, just because hmm. I want to treat the kids in my classroom like little adults. I mean, they have emotions, they have feelings, they have the same outbursts that adults have, we just hide them better, right? <laughs> so, um, and 
that when we treat them like little mm. little adults, we get a lot you know farther with them. And so our it's a mutual respect. Now mm-hmm. all the other little rules come and play with that, right? But um, when they realize that you're just a slightly older version of them, things can you know. <laughs> yeah. Is there, um, you know, I, I often will talk about a, like a relationship priming plan where you're spending the first couple of weeks of school just getting the relationship ready. Before I'm getting into content and curriculum, who, who who's in the room with me? You know, what are we talking about? What are we doing? I know we've got stuff to get to, but just let's figure out what's going on first. What Do you do anything of that nature? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> my principals probably don't want to know the content. That comes last for me. (laughs) So I probably spend more time than I need to on the relationships um, in someone else's mind. But I'm all about getting to know them and playing games with them and finding out what their interests are. And, you know, I'm not really the teacher that's going to do an interest inventory. I'm not the, you know, that's not really my style. But honestly, just figuring out what kind of music they like and um, what kind of games they like to play and if they dance mm. and I'm not going to lie. I'm slightly hopeful that they like to sing and dance like me, but um, <laughs> some, some of my friends, it's really my, my boys. I got to break down those walls a little bit. Gotcha. But, gotcha. You know, that kind of stuff to break down their walls and yeah. act goofy and that kind of stuff always comes first for me. So I agree with you 100%. And, and I'm, I'm in a role that I'm, you know, more focused on behavior and relationships and, and, and things of that nature, not necessarily having to be responsible for make standards and, and put grades in a book, you know, so how do you, I can't imagine having to do everything I do relationally, and then put the, the, the academic curriculum behind it that oftentimes doesn't even match my kids. So in it just doesn't make sense. So how do you, how do you do both? I try to integrate it, right? Um, I like to write songs or remake uh, songs with content in it. And I have learned teaching in urban to rural areas that my music may change. And so not all songs work. <laughs> and when you've been teaching over 10 years and the kids are not even 10 years old, some of your songs <laughs> are a little too old for them. Gotcha. And so... Um, finding things like that has always really helped me finding music that they like and the last year or so the TikToks that they like finding relatable content that shows them that you are interested in them and Mm -hmm. you may not fully get it and they might still kind of laugh at you for trying but um, when they kind of feel that you are trying to make the class work for them um, it makes it special and Mm -hmm. If you're like me and you post a lot of things on social media, you can't keep doing the same songs over and over again because <laughs> they know it's not special to them. So gotcha, gotcha. You got to keep it relevant and you got to keep yeah, it new. That makes sense. So there's there's multiple skills involved with it. Um, I like that. I mean, I think that's appropriate in what should happen in uh, most scenarios. I know that you and I, we talked briefly about SEL, but um, didn't dive too deep in our first time. Uh, conversing. So can you talk about the role that SEL plays in your classroom if content doesn't play a big piece? Hopefully SEL does. <laughs> well, let's just be real. Content plays a huge piece. Okay, in okay, okay, okay. Um, but the relationships and the fun, right. that's where I try to start it. Understood, understood. You know, if they if they know you're having fun, then we work hard. And we yeah. Great, so. um, but SEL is always a big one. I used to work in a leader in me school 
and it was all about leadership qualities and building the leaders within your classroom. And I learned a lot when I worked there. And then I moved to a charter and it was all about culture in our building and building that culture mm -hmm. um, within our school and the creed and just being proud of who we were. Um, and now at my current school, SEL is officially like, it's like the term, right, right now. And so right. um, we use second step as our SEL curriculum for our elementary students. And that really just helps them kind of develop and talk through how to resolve conflict and mm -hmm. talk through their emotions. But in the end, I almost feel like sometimes I didn't have to follow a curriculum because that's the stuff I was doing with them. Anyway. Second nature, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's the piece that, you know, a lot of times people miss or we miss just generally because it, it, it sounds really professional and like there's a certain way to do it, but everything that you described before, I mentioned SEL was also the way that you're talking about the relationships and getting to know the kids. That's SEL. When you, in my ears, that that checks in as as SEL and, and it's being authentic and, and you know, learning the kids because the best way to develop those skills is to model those skills and you model those skills by being that person and you be that person by, you know, doing certain things. And so you're, you're doing those things and modeling it for your kids and they in turn will give whatever back. You know, you mentioned you get to know me first. Yeah, I, I trust you. I know you. I like you. You want me to turn this in tomorrow? Okay. I, I guess I can do that for you. If you're going to keep on, you know, if you're going to be there for me, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so does that, does that SEL curriculum, you said it kind of balances out. Does it, yeah, what, what's it like? Does it help you integrate with your classroom curriculum or are they standalone lessons? Um, the second step is a standalone program. Okay. So it's more or less a way for us to establish a morning meeting procedure. Yeah. So it starts out with a skill, uh, a lesson, some, something that is applicable to kids. So they show the kids a scenario, you know, and then they have to talk through what they think mm -hmm. the scenario is about. And then we introduce the story and we talk about how the conflict is resolved. And it's, something stretched out over quite a few days. And um, it's fun. They have different music that they've integrated and remixed the songs. Yeah. And um, so it's, you know, it works. That's and pretty cool. Vocabulary, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. That that sounds that sounds pretty nice. We use a um, Alliance Quest curriculum that's, that's similar. You know, we have morning SEL. The curriculum isn't set up that way. It's still facilitated by the teacher. But um, I think that that's coming out with the digital version, I think, soon. So I think that's that's pretty cool. And, and I, I, you know, this is we're implementing the K through 11 uh, for the first 25, 30 minutes of the day. And so I think it makes a difference, um, you know, for for our students. Have you seen is this your first year with that curriculum or have you used it before? Uh, we've used it for a few years now. Okay. It's um, it's good. It's good. It's uh, definitely something that I think teachers can take and make their own, mm -hmm. you know, and match their own style. And, um, but I think too, if you are building those relationships in the classroom, you can kind of take some of those talking points and then weave it into your own day. Yeah. yeah. Your um, what does SEL look like in your role? Is that something that in your role now that you help your fellow teachers understand is it directly, or is it something that 
you do by modeling like you are with your students? I don't go through it directly with the teachers um, just because our school has had this program for a couple of years. Gotcha. So the teachers know um, a little bit more about it then, so they don't need to train them on it. But I feel like it's something I try to model with or within the building, right? If I, wherever I am needed that day, I try to show them, you know, the way I would implement relationship mm -hmm. building and making kids feel worthy. And, you know, the other day I had to sub for the first 30 minutes of the day in a classroom while the kids were entering the building while we were waiting for a sub to get there. And just being back in the hallway and excited as kids pass me and waving and screaming their name down the hallway, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, so my former coworkers on my team were like, oh, we kind of missed you. <laughs> so yeah. you know, just reminding people that, you know, those relationships and saying kids' names mm -hmm. and finding those relatable moments with them. And, you know, those are the things that keep kids coming back, you know? Yeah. And so hope that people just kind of see the joy that I can bring to a kid's day and just hopefully model that right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so what what was it about this current role that you're in that was able you able to bring you out of well I have been always really in love with mentoring new teachers and helping teachers kind of figure out how to make it work right it's so easy to see Instagram and Twitter and think, I, I want to be that teacher, but there's so much more that goes with mm -hmm. it involving and integrating that rigor and that content and still being Instagram worthy, right? And so yeah. um, I see a lot of people come into the profession and think it's something else and then drown within a couple of years or yeah. months. And so mentoring new teachers has always been a big mm of mine and just keeping them afloat right and yeah. helping them through it and so when this position came about I know where my future is I think I know <laughs> I don't know um and so I feel like this is the perfect place for me to get started the people mm -hmm. in my school know me and I think they respect me as a teacher and so if I can come in and coach them they know that I walk the walk you know they know that um i have practiced what I preach, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you might, you kind of answer the question. I don't know if you want to talk about it. I was going to say, um, and it might be more shorter term, but what are in, in this role or what, what is your vision? What do you see coming forth? Is there certain things you want to implement or characteristics you want to see? How do you know that you're where you want to be? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I kind of struggle with that, dismissing the classroom and missing those kids and building those relationships. But um, I think seeing teachers really take ownership and have fun and implement those ideas that I'm bringing and build those relationships and, and just kind of value those things. That's kind of how I see my year showing success, right? And um, I feel like I need to step back and not be the lead teacher anymore and not be the, mm -hmm. the one that models it all, but maybe just the one that kind of empowers others to find theirs and encourages them to get excited to come to the school and get them excited to teach that lesson. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to help them find their reason, you know, yeah. and 
my biggest thing, and I've realized it's kind of my quote, I feel like I say it a lot to people, and I said it today in my coaching meeting, it's that, you know, you have to help keep that fire lit for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to keep that fire burning than to reignite that passion. And so if I can just help them keep going and keep their excitement for the classroom, you know, there, then we can work through all the struggles, like Mm -hmm. hybrid and virtual. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else, yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. I I like that perspective as well. I I think, you know, you're in a position where you can continue to add value at a different rate or scale. So I think, you know, coming out, what you're doing is just as meaningful, you know, if not more meaningful, because you're, you know, in a position where you could really, you know, serve the the entire school rather than a single classroom. Um, and then, you know, you can make an argument of which is, you know, more, you know, which one is, is right. But I think, you know, knowing what's right for you is, is, is important as well. You know, and, and I thank you for saying, you know, that's, you know, that's a tough question. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. And that's what I was going to say next. Do you feel, are you going to get there? Is that a goal that, that you feel like, you know, what, looks like what it feels like what you can see or do you feel like it's an impossible goal and if i need like... preface i can go ahead <laughs> i just feel like it's um as a teacher you're in control of so much you have mm-hmm. you have kids being successful or kids you know not being successful and you have things that you can reflect on and a team that you work with to plan for and and now as a coach you don't really have those concrete things and so Mm. other people's success is your success but it's no longer completely you right you are hoping you just keep pouring into people and they walk away Mm. with that passion you know and you hope that you can just see it and uh, but it's harder being a coach or an administrator, I'm sure, just because you don't you don't have that data to back it up, you mm-hmm. know, you're in control of it. And you just hope that people feel you're doing your part and you are yeah. giving it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean in in you know, if you want data, I think it's gonna be the same. Whatever your students produce, you know, that's that's all our data. You know, that's that's what's what's the end goal and, and I'm just saying that or thinking that as I'm saying it out loud I think that's where it comes from because I often feel the same way you know with with SEL it's the buzzword now there's been research for a long time now it's becoming a standard but we're just now starting to get real ways to measure SEL and, and think about how we can integrate this into some of our data points and things like that and so we're still getting there. So you're right. You can't see a lot of the things that we're doing. And and I I said that question because Toyota, they're known for setting what they call impossible goals. They'll set a number of cars that they want to make in a year, a number that they can't hit. It's not even possible that they hit it, but they'll double or triple what the average would have been or what what they would have done otherwise. So they, they meet, you know, great production standards that way. So you know, a goal that you can never read, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it just makes you keep on. The fire has to stay lit. You have to continue to put air in it. You have to continue to breathe. Whenever you stop, the fire is going to go out. So, you know, that's that's what I think there. But, um, you know, for some folks, it could be when you're at turnaround schools, you could be in a position where it, it 
the data does look different. But if your school is already on that right trajectory, then you know you, you may not have the same obstacles or the same you know measurements that you're looking for. So I think that makes a lot of sense. What do you want people to know about you? or just teaching and education in general that, that you think not enough people know? I don't know. I think people give us credit for it being a hard profession. I think people say those things, you know, I could never teach, but I think, um, I think people love their jobs and I'm not trying to take away from their love and passion for their job, but I think, I think teaching is different. I think I don't think people realize how much heart and soul people put into their classrooms and their the kids they meet. And um, someone said to me the other day that that uh, the kind of love you feel for your kids is similar to what you feel for your students, you know. And they were telling me that I was a rarity because I don't have kids, but uh, they said they feel like that that's like the kind of love I pour into my kids is the same right and mm -hmm. so are very similar and so I just think people don't realize how much heart and soul goes into the job and when people critique it and um, have opinions that aren't all positive uh, we take it to heart you know and um, mm -hmm. those things are they hit home for us so just there's love and passion that that uh, unless you're a teacher or are very close to one you don't realize how much it goes into it right so, and that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think there's there's certainly a heart that you have to have for teaching, and and you teach who you are. So, I, and I've seen, I see, I've seen teachers that students call mom. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's that same, that just that's that same love, especially those younger grades, kindergarten, first, second. They, you know, they they just love that. They crave that. Um, so that's that's cool that you can be that because you're basically you're raising kids. I mean, when you think about education, kids are in school eight hours a day. They yeah. sleep eight hours a day and they've got eight hours a day to do something else. So 33 percent of their youth from six to 18 has been with you or with us. Yeah. So you have a big impact. So you got to mm -hmm. know what you are in control of. And so as a teacher, would you want your kid or as a parent, would you want your kid in your classroom, you know? And uh, would you be the teacher that you would want your child to have? So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's that's pretty, that's pretty real. Um, I think we've got some, you know, some things to do in education. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you still have on your mind or, or want to say? No, I just, um... I think we hit it all. I just, I genuinely uh, love what people are doing out there in education. And I think that people should be very impressed with what teachers have accomplished in these last few months of, of having to change how they do everything. And right. to see the grind that teachers are going through right now and persevering and making it through and doing it well. And they put on a great face. Teachers. Mm -hmm hard and those eight hours they are hustling they might cry <laughs> and uh, die a little once all the kids leave but or they turn off that zoom call but during the time where they're in front of kids they are on you know and so it's impressive to see 
20, 30 year veteran teachers going in and changing everything and mm -hmm. not missing the beat. They might critique themselves and say they are, but right. killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I like that. I like that. Much respect to teachers. Shout out to all teachers, all classroom teachers, all grade levels. Shout outs to you. Thank you very much for your service and dedication in this time and season. We so, so, so appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad that you decided to join us, Ms. Wesley. It was such a pleasure and privilege to talk to you. Where can the people find you in case they need to get in contact with you? Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. Find me on TikTok. Um, I like all the things and so and I respond I love I got an email today actually from a teacher asking me for PD help and ideas for their teachers and so find me anywhere um, and send me an email or send me a message and I'd love to interact with teachers out there so. good, 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 good. I love it I love it Thank you very much. We appreciate it for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dash. And thank you very much for listening to The Dash Podcast. If you like this episode, share it with your friends, share it with your teachers, share it with your administrators. Leave a comment and reach out to Tabitha on her platforms, or you can visit us at TreyGamers.com or SELEducators.com. Thanks so much again for joining us. This is The Dash.